This is Building Optimal. Welcome. This is episode 23. How many of you are taking customer deposits? If you aren't, let's start there because you should be. You should be charging some amount up front, either contract signing or it can be at funding of the construction loan if they have a lender. The amount varies, usually 5 to 10% of the contract price. As I see it, there are two primary benefits to the customer deposit. The first, it's a good faith payment by the customer so that you can confidently move forward and begin doing things like purchasing material and mobilizing resources with less concern that the customer might change their mind, or might walk away. It ties them to the project. The second benefit to the customer deposit is probably the most important. Every project you start is essentially a miniature business, a miniature company. And what do businesses need to survive? Well, obviously cash. So who's funding the project? Well, hopefully, with a good customer deposit, the answer is that your customer will be funding most of the cash needs for that project. And by cash needs, I'm referring to the working capital needs of the project as job cost and overhead are paid throughout it. When you submit your draws and the customer or their lender pays those draws, they reset the clock in a sense. And you get caught up on your bills, but you're almost never at zero. And in fact, you will likely almost always be underbilled to varying degrees if you don't have that customer deposit working for you. There's a guy named Kurt Allshouse. Uh, in fact, he and his wife, Sherry, are accounting experts for contractors in the Houston, Texas area. And I once told him about this bright idea that I had. And by bright idea, I mean idiotic to eliminate customer deposits and use that as a selling point. And Kurt simply said to me in response, you're a builder, not a bank. And it's so true. And that idea that I had was completely stupid, by the way. Luckily, I never did it because the truth is the deposit serves so that we aren't financing the customer's projects for them. That function carries a separate risk profile that we almost certainly never price into our contracts. And for those of you who are thinking, yeah, but we have really strong working capital and cash positions as a company, and we can afford to cover those interim project expenses between draws. Well, I thought the same way for a long time. And if you're fortunate enough to be in that position, that's a good thing. That's where we all need to be. But the shortcoming in that thinking, as I now see it, is that doesn't cover for the risk that something might happen. The project gets delayed for an inordinate amount of time for X, Y, or Z reason. Or the customer gets divorced and halts the project or decides to stop it altogether. Or maybe the customer's lender, for whatever reason, decides to stop funding more draws on the loan, or the economy collapses, or fill in the blank. I know these are all small risks, but 
after years in the business, the small risks add up and the likelihood you experience something unexpected like this all of a sudden isn't so small. So in those situations, when the project could be delayed or stopped altogether, where do you want the balance of payments? Do you want to be floating some amount of money or have all your job costs covered when that does happen? So I want to recap. The primary two advantages of the customer deposits are first as a good faith payment. And second, it's to eliminate float or put another way to maintain a positive balance of payments in your favor on a job at any given time. So now let's move on to the right way to do a customer deposit. It's actually very easy. You simply charge the deposit up front and then deduct it from the final draw. Done. I'll illustrate. Let me give you an example. Say you have a million dollar contract and you charge a 5% deposit. So $50,000. You get the deposit at contract signing and then you begin construction as you normally would. You arrive at this point of your first draw, which let's just say is the completion of foundation. And in this first draw, you have several line items, including foundation, plumbing rough, maybe some things like erosion control, port cans, and also your overhead and profit. Let's keep things simple and say the total amount of this draw is $100,000. So 10% of the total contract amount. Now in this perfect scenario, this hypothetical scenario, the $50,000 customer deposit has helped you cover your costs up until the point of this first draw. And with the first draw, you draw the entire amount of that draw, all $100,000 you are owed. This preserves the $50,000 customer deposit and keeps it in play as you progress through the project. If you have 10 total draws throughout the project, for example, you would just repeat this scenario until you arrive at the last draw. And let's just say that the last draw is $80,000. So 8% of the total contract amount. On this very last draw, you give the customer credit for the deposit, reducing it by the amount of the deposit. So the amount they owe you is actually $30,000 or $80,000 for the amount of the last draw minus that $50,000 deposit that the customer gave you up front. And it's as simple as that. And if your customer is using their own money for the project, you have a simple, clean way to handle deposits. The problem, and y'all know there are always problems. There always has to be a problem in this business, right? The problem arises when lenders are involved. And many lenders need the builder to apply the deposit to specific line items, which is a silly notion to say the least. And much to my chagrin, my pleas for a reason often fall on deaf ears. And in defense of the many fine bankers out there, it's not their fault. They're under a tremendous amount of red tape and regulatory scrutiny and things like that. But there's a little thing called accounting, and accounting says job costs are one thing, and how 
those expenses are financed are altogether a separate thing. When a bank requests that you show the budget line items where the deposit will be applied, they're indirectly negating the main benefit of the deposit. I'll explain using the same illustration that we used earlier. So in this million dollar contract example, the customer has a bank that tells you they require you to apply the deposit to budget items. So keep things really simple. You go and you apply the $50,000 deposit to the foundation, one of the first line items on the budget. The bank says, okay, thanks. Here's the deposit. Now, a few weeks later, when you finish the foundation and you go to apply for your first draw, which we established was $100,000, the bank is going to say, all right, here's $100,000 for the draw minus the $50,000 deposit we already gave you that was applied against the foundation. And you're going to take home a net check of $50,000 from that draw. So in this example, you will have completed a foundation and will have been made whole by the lender. But they gave you a $50,000 deposit, which served as working capital for the project during that first draw. And then the bank deducted that deposit from the first draw. I know this might be sounding a little confusing, so stay with me here. You have been made whole, at least. That's the good thing. But the problem is that you are now about to start work towards items on the second draw. So think framing. And the deposit will be gone. You will no longer have the benefit of the deposit for the future draws. It eroded with that first draw. And the well-meaning bank doesn't realize it. But it's what happened. So in the ideal way to do it that I already outlined, you would still have that $50,000 deposit to help for the duration of the project because it never got applied to budget line items. It simply deducted from the last draw. So what's the answer if there's a lender who's requesting the deposit be applied to various budget line items? Well, ideally it, it it's to find a lender who truly understands the issue and allows you to utilize the deposit in the correct manner. And obviously relationships come into play and you or your client may just not have a lender who can agree to what I'm proposing. In that situation, plan B should be to apply the deposit to the budget line items that compose the last draw. So think landscaping, punch, final cleanings, etc. The lender may not allow you to do this. And practically speaking, it's almost the same as the ideal way to do it. And if a lender won't agree to that, which they quite possibly won't based on their internal policies, you can see if they will apply it as a plan C to your overhead and profit. Now, this is not a great solution, though, as it doesn't erode the benefit of the deposit all at once early on, but it does erode it in somewhat of a linear fashion over the course of the project. I've seen some builders 
as another way to do it, add actual budget line items for the deposit. But if you do that, you have to go mess with your budget to find items to reduce by the same amount and things get jacked up and you end up in the same boat. And I think that is not a really great solution either. So to wrap this up, just remember, if you get into a situation where the deposit gets applied to budget items, you will at that point in the project lose the benefit of the deposit and the entire risk profile of the project was going to shift at that point. Now this isn't usually an issue if the customer is using their own money, but with a lender, it's more complicated. Try to get them to agree to one of my strategies I outlined. You'll be in a much better position if you do. 